What is going on, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls? You are on the sidelines with the sideline guys. And today, people, today, I, of course, have my brother in Negronis, my guy, Sean Negron, with me to cover a very special event, an event near and dear to our hearts, UFC 295, the UFC event where we have officially been priced out of watching fight cards. Sean, how's it going today, brother? Oh, man, we're in for a good one. This is exciting. I know people aren't as hyped as they want it to be with the, with the original main event, but, mm -hmm. man, this is still an incredible card. And the replacement fight is just as good and, in my opinion, even better. So mm -hmm. I am super, super excited to be watching this in our own backyard. And uh, anytime it's at MSG, it's always going to be a hell of a night. Yes, sir. Hopefully I can get you out to the darkness of the Bronx, but who knows? It's not looking good right now. It's not looking good. But you know it's going to be a great episode when we see Dwight pull up in the background. So it's that kind of a day, baby. And it's time to ride. I think it's only right that we lay out the particulars right off the top. So we're going to be going bottom to top, obviously breaking down every fight, giving you our thoughts and analysis. And then, of course finishing things off with our dynasty league picks but before we get into all of that make sure that you're following the brand at ots media co and ots media on youtube so that you never miss one of these lovely episodes that we drop on your heads uh, but you can also follow me at negron mma on tiktok as well as twitter and chris negron underscore on instagram sean where can the people find you Find me on Twitter at Sean Negron uh, 26 on Twitter and then uh, bsreports.org for some sports content as well. It's my own website where if you want to be involved as well, if you want to be involved in sports or anything of that nature, shoot me a shout or uh, DM, whatever it is now, kids do, and I will help you out and get you started. I love it. We're getting old, Sean. We're getting old. So Too fast, old, brother. Too so old. fast. It's a damn shame, but it's okay. Yes. Because our first fight takes place in the featherweight division. Dennis Bazookia going up against Jamal Emmers. Sean, you got a hot mic. I'm throwing to you early and often. Ooh. Who you got and why? This guy throws to me right from the start. All right, I'm going with Dennis here. Listen, I'm a big fan of the Longo Weidman MMA group that they have over there. He's uh he's basically in our backyard as well. He's not too far from me. And uh, this is kind of like a home fight for him. So this is going to be a lot of fun. This dude's right around my age. And uh, I've been a fan of his for quite some time now. And I believe that his loss of Sean Woodson, I know it was the whole weight thing. That was a little rough to see. But I am a fan of his, and I think he continues and gets a nice win here. I know Jamal Emers has a plenty of UFC experience, and I know I always talk about experience. But I do believe that he gets a beautiful victory over Jamal Emers here, and it's going to have a hell of a start to this beautiful card. Didn't expect it right off the top, man. You're coming in hot. I love it. Um, I am really struggling here 
because I was excited. There we go. Jack Jenkins. I forgot his name. I couldn't remember his name. I had to look it up. Um, I think that I tip my hand a little bit on where I'm going here, but I do agree with you. I think the odds here are a little wide. I, I think this is going to be a close fight, especially because it should largely take place on the feet, right? Uh, and Dennis Bazookia always has a chance when we're there. I love that fight against Sean Whitson. I thought it was super close. Um, but the range was obviously an issue. And I think someone like Jamal Emmers fights in this similar vein. Obviously, although no one is as Gumby-like as Sean Woodson at the, in this division, um, Jamal Emmers is someone who really uses his range tools well. I love his leg kicks. And I think he has a really sneaky follow-up cross, right, that comes at an angle that's a little awkward for most people. And um, you could see that it's hard for people to get a beat on his strikes, man. The dude is fast. And I think he got a bad beat against Jack Jenkins, man. I really thought he won that fight. And I'm picking him here to win, man. I think it's going to be a close one. Obviously excited to see uh, Longo MMA-led corner always. Uh, just love those guys and everything they bring to the table. Um, I'm rooting for um, both of these guys, if I'm being honest. Uh, but tough, tough second fight in the ufc if you ask me um honestly says a lot about what they think of bazooka that they keep putting him in positions like this to be honest i hope they don't run him into the ground though and um like you said man won't be surprised if it goes his way this is a very close matchup uh but gotta gotta try to get these points early baby next up we've got kevin borjas versus joshua van a battle of contender series flyweights which i am very excited about this is a this is an interesting one right this is this is an interesting matchup um the more i thought about it the more i feel inclined to go with joshua van i think he has a more well-rounded skill set and i think that should win him the day here but I love me some Kevin Borjas, man. This guy does not give a shit. And Peruvian MMA is on its way, baby. Do not sleep on the guys coming out of Peru. Uh, I'm telling you, there, there's there been some really awesome developments. And you love to see uh, these different parts of the world, right, really resurge and show themselves as big players in MMA, which you love to see. Um there was a while there when I was convinced I was going to pick Borjas. I really love his volume striking game. Um, I just think Joshua Van, like I said, more well-rounded and more of a veteran approach to fights. I think even in Borjas' uh, contender series fight, he got a little carried away, right? There were times in exchanges where he ended up in rough positions just because he was so dogged about getting back into the firefight. And um, I think keeping him out of the firefights is Joshua Van's key to victory here. And I think he's able to do it. So give me the Van Man. How you feeling, Sean? I agree with you. I'm I'm taking Van here as well. Um, this fight was supposed to happen uh, three some months ago. So I'm glad that we're finally here now. And I like the fact. I I don't know if I'm I'm wrong about this, but when he when Van fought Zalgas, was that was that short notice for him? I can't remember. But you know, uh, I remember that fight. And I remember how close it was. And it was actually like um, kind of scrappy for me. And he, he kind of won over my heart here. And not in a way of like I'm thinking, man, he's gonna, I'm going to choose him every time. But more in a way of like, okay, he's he's legit. And when, you know, he was supposed to fight um, Borjas in the contender series, 
you know, he ended up getting signed because of that fight to get Salga. So I'm glad that they're finally pushing this to now. And it's, of course, on a beautiful pay-per-view card. And uh, I think this is going to be a hell of a fight. I think this, this, the, the uh, money lines here are, are very deep for what they should be. I think this is going to be a very close fight. But like you said, I think there's experience here from Van. And uh, I think he'll exploit it. And I think it's going to be a very close and good fight. But I have Van taking it. I love it. We move on to the what should be the men's bantamweight division. But right now it's a catchweight bout between Kyung Ho Kang, South Korea's own. <laughs> I had to make sure I said that right for a second. Going up against John Castaneda. Sean, who you got? See, this is this is uh, another very, very, very tough one. You know, I'm, I'm a big fan of Kang. And uh, I've loved what he's done. He's been in the UFC for a good minute now. So mm -hmm. I, I it, it gets me curious here and you know i'm not taking anything away from from john either they've both been in the ufc a while but i don't know if this with catch weights it always has me off um but i'm gonna go with john just because i think this is a lot closer than people think i was gonna say kang and you know what you want to know honestly honestly i'm taking john because his nickname is Sexy Mexi, and I love that. You know what? Embraces, wow. embraces it. And, you know he better be repping Mexico shorts though, because if this comes out where he's wearing some you know American shorts, but he's Sexy Mexi, I don't like that. I, I get it. You know I'm I'm in America, but I'm half Mexican. But come on, every if I were in UFC, I'm representing Mexico every time I'm out there. So I better see some Mexican shorts. But I do. Honestly, I think this is a really close fight, and I'm not too much of a fan of what Castaneda did in his. I keep saying Castaneda, Castaneda, what he's done in his last two or three, I think it was last two of three. Um, I haven't been the biggest fan of it, and I did I did not like his. Uh, oh God, what was his name? I can't remember his name. Santos something, but. Um, I did not like that fight, but the Gafferov fight was 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 impressive to me, and uh, you know, I would like to see that guy come out again, and so I'm gonna take him, and I think it's gonna be very very close though. Great shouts, man! I think this is someone that has gotten no favors in the UFC. I mean, just listen to these names, right? Listen to these names. I'm gonna I'm gonna rattle them off here for you, so bear with me. We've got Marcelo Rojo in Combache right before he makes his way to the UFC. And then Nathaniel Wood, Eddie Wineland, Ronnie Lawrence, which was a canceled bout, Miles Johns, Daniel Wiley, Cat Santos, and then Wayne Gafferoff. That is a fucking mur murderer's row at Bantamweight. Yeah. Uh, there's no other way you could have it, in my opinion. Um, I'm also going with the sexy Mexi himself. This is a, a, a scary matchup, though, especially if we get to the ground. I think Kyung Ho Kang is really underrated when it comes to his ground game because he's kind of known for his power, right, at this, at this stage of his career. Um, I think he has an underrated ground game, which could sneaky uh, surprise some people here. Uh, this is a close fight for sure, man, and I think the odds are that way because they're correct, man. This is going to be a, a fun, scrappy fight, uh, but I think John Castaneda is the safe pick to make next up 
at 155 pounds, we've got Jared Gordon, a minus 198 favorite against Mark O'Madson, plus 164. Sean, I'm firing bullets right off the gate. Give me the Olympian at plus 164. I think regardless of the state of their ages at this point, Mark Madsen has the much higher athletic ceiling, even if um, he hasn't been able to really show a clean 15 minutes in the cage. Um, I just think being able to return to your dominant phase when things get shaky should be enough to win a decision over someone like Jared Gordon. Now, don't get me wrong. I think, honestly, I was a little surprised when I saw that he was a favorite, let alone almost a two to one favorite. Um, I think Jared Gordon is a vet and I think I have underestimated him in the past shortly. So I won't be surprised if he comes out and, and, puts the pause on Marco Madsen, but I just think athletically he's really on a different level. And I think that's what we end up seeing here. So give me the Olympian who you got, Sean. See, this one's weird because I, you know, with Jared Gordon, it's tough. Obviously we know him well. Um, and everyone knows him well now because of the Patty pivot fight. But I feel like the UFC has kind of been weird with him throwing him a bunch of older vets in the UFC game. You know, with Bobby Green, obviously that ended with the clash of heads and, you know, it's hard to look at what that fight was. Um, I think Bobby Green was much better in that fight going in, you know, until that clash of heads, but whatever. And then, you know, the fact that he was supposed to have Jim Miller, I remember that being, you know, at the time. And then now they're giving him Mark Matson. Like, I don't know if they're trying to like have him wash away the old vets. You know, I don't know what UFC is like trying to do here. I know Jared Gordon has asked for established UFC vets, and maybe this is like someone he's been asking for. But ah, Madsen's wrestling man is so dangerous to me, and I I do think Gordon is he's good, but I think his biggest hype was that pinball fight. That I think he had the fight of his life that night. And, you know, like, went on the map. And I, I I, don't care if anyone disagrees with me. He won that fight. Yep. And I, I, it sucks that it turned out, you know, the way it's done, it has for him. And he's never going to fight Patty again, I don't think. And I don't know if that's in the cards for him. But, you know what, I agree with you. I, I'm going with Mark, man. I think this is – I think once if, – if, if Mark can get him to the ground, I know the age difference is significant here. But Mark is fantastic. Mark has a great, he's a fantastic wrestler, and he's done great in his MMA career. I know he lost in his last one. It's been a whole year since he last fought. You know, this could be Mark's last fight. Who the hell knows? Yeah. But I think Mark goes out on top, man. I think this is uh, this is going to be a hell of a performance from him, and I, I could see him absolutely submitting Jared Gordon within you know the first or second round. I love it. I thought I was going to be an island on this one, man. That feels good. I'm not going to lie. That feels good. But next up, we've got a two-fight UFC veteran. When I saw that, I was bewildered, brother. Nazim Sadikov at minus 122 going up against Vishashlav Borshev, Mr. Slava Claus himself at plus 102. Um, I think you're muted there, brother. But... 
this is an awesome fight, man. I just gotta say off rip. This is gonna be fucking chaos for however long it lasts. I'm a big fan of both of these guys, believe it or not. Um, I think Borshev has sneaky power and is a little unorthodox. Um, he's one of those guys that like you watch him and it doesn't really make sense, right? But you can tell when he lands, he lands with power and authority, and he really makes guys second guess whether or not they should continue the, in these exchanges. Um, and I like that he rallies in fights too, right? Someone who's always live is always someone that's difficult to bet against. But man, I'm super high on Nazim Sadikov, man. Shout out to the Longo MMA team. I love the little um, uh, teeth suck there because it's very clear. Uh, you thought she was getting a point on me, brother. It ain't happening. I'm picking Nazim Sadikov here. And I think what's going to really win him this fight is his presence and patience i think he's willing to take what's given to him and force you into making a mistake and i think that's not um the kind of fighters borshev has fought so far um i think process wins the day here and if we end up in a wild brawl that's inviting borshev right like that is inviting him to knock you the fuck out so let's see how this one goes man it's new york right this is a homecoming fight this could get crazy um, really quickly, which makes sense why the odds are where they are. But give me Nazim Sadikov, Longo MMA, baby. We ride. That's that's why I'm doing it, man. Longo MMA has prevailed. They have shown that they are legit. Next up at men's 155, we've got Mateus Rebecki coming up against Roosevelt Roberts, who made his way back to the UFC for his second stint here, coming in on short notice against a powerhouse at 155. Is this fight at 170 or 155? It's a good question. 155. Sean, who you got? Uh, uh, this is probably the only fight on the entire card where it's probably uh, the most lopsided here. Obviously, you get a short notice fight, and uh, Roosevelt Roberts coming from the um, Ultimate Fighter. People probably remember him well, talking to Conor McGregor the most. Uh, he had a lot to say to him, and uh, uh, if I remember correctly, Roosevelt I think made it to, like third round, and you know, it, it was it was a nice little story there. I remember him on the first episode getting a nice story, but. I think uh, taking over, it's, it's a win for him because he got his UFC contract. That's what he wanted. and But I think Rebecca rolls right through him. I think this is a complete difference in fighters and experience here. And uh, Rebecca is, is nothing to sneeze at at all. And I think uh, this one could end early, to be honest with you. Hey, I'm taking a walk. <laughs> to poland let's let's fucking go rebecca man so many people sleep on this man and i think he really is a dark horse at 155 someone that has disgusting leg kicks like disgusting chris gutierrez level persistence right uh but also really nasty snappy hands too like he has a little stocky build so i guess people like underestimate him but this guy has a really keen knack for finding his range quick and just punishing guys. I love me some Mateus Rebecki. Uh, honestly, I agree with you. It kind of sucks that this is uh, Roosevelt Roberts' first fight back just because I want to see him do well, right? I want to see him do well. Uh, this is a tough matchup. Um, if he can make this thing close, though, and bring bring the dog out, uh, 
this could be a really fun fight, man, because nothing's better than seeing Rebecca get pushed down the stretch and just S on his chest. He's ready to save him. This, this man, I'm telling you, the dogs will be unleashed. And uh, Rebecca's someone that I have a lot of faith in moving forward. Uh, someone that I might be looking at a dynasty, just saying. Uh, give us Rebecca, right? That's the way to go. I, I, uh, I like I said, with Roberts, it's, it's it's rough because, you know, but at the end of the day, he does get the UFC contract. So while I assume he'll get the L, this is really a dub for him. And you know what? Taking this on short notice and, you know, getting Dana White approval here, I think if he has a hell of a performance or even comes close, um, he can have a, a longer tenure career here. He probably has an, at least another two fights in the bag on the contract. So, you know what, he can prove himself in his next two. And uh, it's probably, you know, he's probably looking at this as an absolute win. So, regardless of the outcome. So, it is what it is. Hey, I didn't, I know you weren't ready for me to bust out the pipes there. Uh, can I get a, can I get a quick, like, review on that? How, how was that? Was that the bad? One out of ten, you know what, I'll give you a six. Wow. Look at that. Look at half. that. You love to see it. The half point just to make me smile even more. There you go. Next up, a fight that we're going to have a hard time stop. Oh. We're going to have a hard time stopping smiling while we <laughs> talk about this one. Uh, Lupi, Lupita Godinez, a minus 180 favorite going up against the number 10 ranked Tabitha Ricci. Sean, you are clearly biased because there is a Mexican involved, and that Mexican is on your dynasty team. Uh, but please, uh, can you let me know how fast your pants uh, arrived at your ankles when this fight was announced? Brother, you know, it is it is so hard for me to to go against Richie here. I, I almost want to pick her just because, but Loopy is a, I'm a big fan of Loopy, and Loopy is nothing to sneeze at either when it comes to uh the fight and other aspects of the game but uh man this is a fun one i i cannot wait for this fight this is gonna be very 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 close and i'm going with loopy because i'm a big fan of hers obviously being mexican but i would not be upset at all seeing richie win because of other reasons and I will gladly take a double L, but I don't want to. But I want to see Richie fight as long as she can in the UFC. So whatever makes that work, I am down for. So I'm going with Loopy because I think Loopy will is the better fighter here. Um, I think Tabitha is nasty, but I do think Loopy is on her way up. She's she's a nice up and coming prospect, and I think she can close the distance and, and get the job done here. But it is going to be a hell of a fight that I think goes to decision and will be split. Whew. I love it. I, I, I'm honestly shocked with how wide these odds are, and I think I'm confident in just saying I'm going to go with Ricci just because of that. I think, obviously, Lupi Godinez looked like a force in her last fight against Elise Reed. Shout out to Elise Reed, another action fighter in uh, the women's divisions that I think uh, gets kind of slept on because she hasn't had the best run in the UFC, but I think she's a very talented fighter, especially in the striking phases. But um, 
I think it's going to be really hard for Lupi to maintain her grappling game against someone as low to the ground as Tabitha Ricci and someone who also pressures that much. Um, I agree with you. I think this is going to be a very close fight. And when it's that kind of scenario, uh, you don't mind having the underdog, right? So I'm going with Tabitha Ricci here, uh, but I won't be surprised if Lupi Godinez goes out there and is able to dominate in the in the grappling phases. I just think the pressure of Ricci is going to make the difference, especially when it comes to the willingness to throw on the feet. I just feel like she's going to be there earlier and more often than Lupi Godinez. But th this is a fight right here. I can't wait. Uh, to watch how this one plays out from many different angles. But next up, <laughs> we've got a, oh, excuse me, a men's flyweight matchup between Steve Ersig and Alessandro Costa. I will start us off here. You know I'm a sucker for some shoot-the-box fighters. Shout-out to Alessandro Costa. The dude is mean. The dude is uh, technical. Uh, but most importantly, this is flyweight MMA, baby. This is this is peak insanity, right? Which I love. Um, Steve Ersig isn't exactly the flyweight that comes to mind when you think about the weight class, right? The guy isn't necessarily as uh, quick as many other other flyweights. The dude is huge for the weight class. And just a dog, right, in all phases. Uh, you could tell he is more predominantly a grappler, but if someone's trying to bring it out of him, uh, he'll let them things fly, which you love to see. I know I kind of probably uh, scared you a little bit with the, with how I led on this one, but I'm going with Steve Ersig here. I really like his game. I think he's a very complete fighter. And I think in his UFC debut, he really showed that he has some promise here at Flyweight, and I don't think we've seen the best of him just yet. So uh, this should be a scrap no matter what, though. Like, this is the epitome of um, if this fight sucks, uh, Venmo me and I will send you five bucks because there's no way, brother. There's no way. Um, but I think through the chaos, Steve Ursaig, with his length and grappling prowess, should be able to get the dub here. How you feeling, Sean? I'm excited because this is one of those where Costa and Diego Lopez in the next fight come from the same camp. So this is going to be very fun to say the least but i don't know i know uh costa is the second fighter for this i know um i know steve said was supposed to fight matt schnell first so i don't know how different how much of a difference this camp is going to be uh for costa and uh if this was how short of notice this was for him originally but this is tough is um this is tougher than I wanted it to be. And you know what? To be different. Hmm. You know, ah, I can't do it actually, because I love Ursex fucking debut, like you said. That's tough. You know what? Yeah, I can't I can't double down on it. So I'll you know what? Give me Ursex on this one. Um this is such a close fight though, I think. I think Ursek better, but I think Costa's scrappy. And I use that word too much, but <laughs> I like Costa a lot, man. It's Thank you for difficult. correcting me as well, because you are 100% right. He does not fight out of shoot the box, so please uh, kill me ASAP. And also, oh, I'm I didn't even hear you say that because I was just thinking, 
I know he fights with Diego Lopez. But I'm confused that. because doesn't Diego Lopez, isn't he um, Lupi's uh, grappling trainer now? Is that, am I mistaken on that? I'm confused too because also like it goes beyond Lupi. Isn't, isn't he part of what's his name? Is, what's her name as well? Alexa Grasso, right? Yeah. So yeah. like I don't know how that works. Like I think I is this Entron Gym and not Legacy that that uh, that um Diego Lopez fights out of? I don't know. I don't know. He's he, he's he confuses me more now. So <laughs> I'm sticking with Urseg here to to keep this, but this is gonna be a hell of a fight. I think this is a lot closer than people think. I love it. Next up, we're at 155, baby. Pat Sabatini versus uh my favorite <laughs> the hot topic version of colby covington we've got diego lopez at an underdog price of plus 102 sean who you got in this lightweight matchup oh give me the 2005 hairdo look of diego we ride lopez, man uh, i can't take anything away from him man when he i'll never forget that when he came in against uh uh Evely, I fucking know how to pronounce the name. Evloev, yes, sir. Whatever it is. I remember when he took that short notice fight on a week's notice, and what a hell of a fight. And then he came in against Gavin Tucker in that arm triangle, man. Or well, no, was it arm triangle or? Triangle choke. Triangle. What was it? It was a triangle choke, indeed. Close enough. Yeah. You know what? I'm mad at myself now for not getting that right. Hey, you had the right polygon, brother. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it was the triangle arm bar or whatever. But yes, man, what an absolute crazy performance, man. The hype is real with him. I think the fans just love him. Maybe I shouldn't say hype, but the fans absolutely love this dude. And he gets to go in the garden. This is going to be a hell of a fight. And fans are going to be hyped to see him. I can't wait to talk about his haircut along with the fight. It's going to be a great performance for him, and I think he takes it. I agree with you, man. I'm really interested to see how this fight plays out because this will – I can almost guarantee you this will be the resident – we both do the same shit, so let's not do that fight. Like, I think these both both of these guys are going to stand and bang, which should be pretty fun to watch. Um, I like Pat Sabatini, though. I think his game is very unique, especially in today's lands landscape of MMA. Someone that um, obviously has really dominant submission prowess, but someone that has a little bit of a janky game other than that, right? Someone that is kind of like a range fighter, but doesn't really trust his weapons. Like, he, he's he's an anomaly of a fighter, uh, which, honestly, I like watching these guys develop because I think he could really surprise us in a spot like this, right? Where he's forced to strike and do some things we never really seen him do before. But... Um, I agree with you. I'm riding with Diego Lopez here. I just feel like the lore behind him at this point is too strong. I think there's so many people in his corner talking about how strong, how smart and how strong of a, uh, a fighter he is. And, uh, I respect those people's opinions. So I'm really excited. And this guy's on my dynasty team already. So got a lot to look forward to here. Uh, let's do the damn thing. We ride baby double Diego Lopez picks next up. Steamroller, Matt Frivola at home, play those fucking trumpets uh, going up against Benoit Saint-Denis. This is going to be 
fucking madness, brother. Fucking insanity here. I'm not gonna lie to you, man. I really want to pick pick Matt Favola. Like it's right, it's right here at the tip of my throat. I'm really excited for this fight, and I think he's gonna show up big time at MSG. But man, I just can't turn my back on Benoit Saint Denis. Look at this bars. Just, just it flows right off the tongue, baby. Um, I love both of these guys' games, and I think this is just gonna be an absolute car crash for 15 minutes. And who do I trust more to be a goddamn tank than Benoit Saint-Denis? I think we end up on the ground for extended periods in this fight. And I think Frivola's scrambling skills, it might be what wins him the day, man. If he can force Benoit to hunt for takedowns and then get back up and just tire him out in those ways... I could see Matt Favola's path to a knockout victory. Like, it's right there for him, in my opinion. But I just feel comfortable going with young Benoit Saint-Denis. Who you got, Sean? Yeah, I, I have to go with Saint-Denis, too. I think this fight is made for the future. Um, I think Saint-Denis is the future of this division. And, uh, man, we talked about this, like, two months ago. I think the UFC Paris card. And uh, his fight against uh, Tiago Mo- Moises. I, I think I took both of them, if I remember correctly, in my dynasty. Yes, did. That's how close that I knew that fight would be. And, you know, Benoit just showed he was on a different level. And I think he proved me wrong. And, you know, another guy I have in my dynasty and Ismael Bonfim, he messed with him in his last fight. So I'm I'm really riding the St. Denis train. And I, I'm a big fan of Frivola, obviously, from New York. You know, I, I, I do want to believe it's going to be a hell of a fight, and I think it, it can be. But, man, I, I don't know what it is with, with New York fighters coming back to New York because it has been very unlucky for a lot of fighters that have come back home to fight at, at the big MSG main card or even in the in prelims. We've seen a lot of UFC legends, a lot of UFC veterans, even former champs who have come back to New York and just get absolutely shown out. It's uh, It has not been nice or kind here in new york uh being at home so with that it makes it even easier for me to go with benoit because usually i would go with the hometown favorite but i think benoit's in a completely different war path and i think it'll be close but i think benoit clearly gets it done i dig it our featured fight of the main card jessica Androgynous. Let me stop. Let me stop. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I, I shouldn't have done it. I know I shouldn't have done it. But goddamn, it's, it's right there, brother. Jessica Andraj going up against Mackenzie Dern. I don't know which accent to use because she doesn't know which accent to use either, baby. This is going to be a fight. I will say that. Sean, I know you thought I was going to go right into my analysis, but I'm throwing to you, baby, after all of those memes. After all those memes. You're going with the top quality milk, huh? Absolutely. I can watch her on UFC Embedded at the Huntington Beach, California all day. I can watch that all day. And I think she's got, you know, I think she's got some out of the octagon stuff going on. We all know. And I think that is uh, motivating her even more. And I don't like to be this person, but. I think Andrade's best years are behind her, to be honest with you. Um, 
she's fought the very best, and so some of her losses I understand. But I feel that, you know, Andrade's days of being a champion or even being in the top five are behind her now. And it's one of those where it's weird to see because she's obviously a former champ. And, you know, she's she's beaten the very best, but we've seen her lose to the very best. And the uh, I, I do give her credit, obviously, facing someone like Jan Blanchfield and even Tatiana Suarez on her comeback. You could not ask for more of a tougher road. But I do think Mackenzie Dern is also on her way as well. And it's, uh, it's, it is very interesting for, for uh, Andrade, you know, fighting basically in two divisions. And I'm not trying to take anything away from Andrade here. But, you know, it's just one of those things where I think Mackenzie's Dern, Mackenzie Dern's war, her path is now. And I think uh, that win against Angela Hill wasn't enough for me to say, okay, she's the next big thing. You know, I know she lost to Jan and, and, and also like Andrade, but I do think she's right there. And I think this win against Andrade kind of cements her into the top four, top five, you know, conversation. I think she gets it done. Man, I love your analysis on this one because it really speaks to all the different levels that need to be considered here. I'm going to be honest with you. Divorce Dern is a thing, and I really do hope that she continues to fight with that fire right in her belly that she had in her last fight. I hope it just wasn't because of all the emotions considered, and I hope it's a real strategic change for her because I think it really suits her game very well, like being aggressive the same way uh, Benoit Saint-Denis did against Ismail Bonfim, right? You don't want somebody to come out and kick you. Why don't you start fucking kicking them? Uh, You're not worried about getting on the ground, right? Especially in a matchup like this. I would love to see Mackenzie Dern be aggressive early and just really get in Andrade's face and make her think, make her reactive. Once you're forcing her to react, in my opinion, I think she's a much easier fighter to navigate. Now, don't get me wrong. When she's planting her feet and throwing bombs, like Jessica Andrade can put anyone out. So I'm really worried about Dern here. I feel like if previous versions of Mackenzie Dern shows up to this fight, she gets absolutely smoked. Like I can say that confidently. Um, But I really am a believer of this new resurgence from Mackenzie Dern and that team that she works with, with Jason Perillo. I love what they do over there. And for a while, I feel like that Ruka team has been underrated, right? Because they haven't really had a new age sort of superstar out of there. Um, I'm a big fan besides Chito Vera, of course. Um, I'm a big fan of Mackenzie Dern. And I think this change in her style really brings out the best in her game because it doesn't force her to wrestle, right? It puts her in a position where she's scoring in fights and it makes her opponents think, okay, well, if she's going to come with this kind of heat, then let me try to grapple with her. And that's the worst thing to do against someone like Mackenzie Dern. So I really hope we see that side of her. Cause like I said, if we don't, I think Jessica Andrade is really live to knock her out here, like flat out. I think in exchanges, Jessica Andrade is a much better fighter. I think under fire, Jessica Andrade is the much better fighter. So this is really going to be up to Dern to mix it up and find her spots, right? Because this is almost 
once again, to bring it back to that team, this is this is very reminiscent of Chito Vera versus John Lineker, right? Where you have someone who's just an absolute powerhouse, and it's up to you to figure out how to navigate that ticking time bomb and try not to get knocked out. It didn't work for Chito Vera. He lost by decision. Um, I think Mackenzie Dern could get it done, but she's going to have to go through hell to get it. This is this is going to be a real good matchup. I like where it's placed, uh, but I think if Mackenzie Dern shows up the way she did in her last one, she might be live to finish early uh, with the submission. So give me Mackenzie Dern as well. Sean, we have arrived to that point in time, the, the part of the roller coaster, right, where we thought it was over. Right, we we thought we were already done with the drops, but now we're ascending. We're ascending to the final large drop. We have our co-main events for a vacant. No, I'm lied. For an interim heavyweight title, we've got Sergey Pavlovich minus 102 versus Tom Aspinall minus 118. Extremely close fight here. I'll take the range and I'll let you get the main event, Sean. This is gonna be, this is gonna be a damn fight, man. I think don't blink no matter what. Make sure you're in your seat round one, because this is gonna be fucking fun. Um I think all things considered, we've had this discussion already. I think Tom Aspinall is the better MMA fighter. I think the fact that this is on short notice makes it way more dangerous for Tom Aspinall specifically. Because you would think it makes them say, hey, let's make this a one-rounder, right? Let's figure out how to get out of here. And to do that against someone like Sergey Pavlovich, who is also looking to take your goddamn head off as soon as the fight begins and has scary power, is a very tough proposition. Now, I am a believer that at the end of the day, mixing the martial arts is what gets you places here in this sport. But the punches do go bonk. This is a scary one, man. I don't know which way to go, uh, but I'm leaning with Tommy Aspinall. Tommy Aspinall. So that's the way I'm going to go. Um, I think it's going to be really cool to see either of these guys hold an interim strap and really bring in a new era right into the heavyweight division. I know John Jones was supposed to be that fresh breath of air. Um, but I hate that we've got a little parallel division going on here where we're watching the old guys fight and then say, hey, 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 it's okay. You guys will get the chance. Uh, this is their chance. And uh, this is the real title, if you ask me. Give me Tommy Aspinall to become heavyweight royalty. And if those knees uh, can remain intact, I think he should be good here. But, Sean, do you agree? No. <laughs> Ooh. I don't. Uh, this is, yes, this is uh, 100%. The It's interim now, but it won't be later. This is, uh, and I think this is what the UFC is trying to do here. I think they expect a double retirement from John Jones and Steve Miocic when they do eventually fight, probably in 2024. And then the winner of this fight when, you know, the John Jones retirement or Steve, you know, retirement happens and they drop their belt, you know, the the following week, whatever it is, whoever the interim champion is will just get removed of the interim and become the champion. But keeping it on this fight, I do think this is Pavlovich's because Pavlovich was already supposed to be the backup fighter. He's been training since the very beginning. 
Aspinall taking this on, I think, 13 days' notice. That's a tough ask for any heavyweight to go into a title fight five rounds against someone who can hit you with their pinky, and it's going to be a tough night. You know, you might be waking up a couple days later. So this is a brutal fight for for Aspinall to come into uh, on short notice. I do think it's going to be very, very close. But I wanted to see more from Aspinall um, when it comes to his return. You know, you know, hurting yourself in the Curtis Blades fight, obviously the knee injury, and then you're fighting someone like Tibura, who I like Tibura, but let's face it, I think Tibura is kind of like those journeymen, been there, nowhere near sort of top five contention, heavyweight, you know, title contention, just kind of like a give you type, uh, give you a Tibera type fight in your home crowd, kind of get you back to where, you know, you deserve to be at number, you know, in the top five ranking. Beats Tibera handedly, very easily, and then all of a sudden gets thrown into this very short notice fight. I think that's going to play a huge factor here. I know he's faced off of, uh, I know he's faced, um, the train going by. I know he's faced Volkov, you know, in the past before the injury. I would have loved to see a, that sort of rematch happen. I'm not saying like in that because of the situations, but I would have loved to see one more big top five fight for Aspinall win that one. And then I would have been totally fine with, with this type of heavyweight title fight. But because this has kind of been thrown in from the injury and then you get Tybura and now you're thrown in on 13 days notice. That's very, very tough. I think he's already got it going against him. While for Sergey, you know, he's gone through, you know, a lot of big names. You know, he, he beat Shamil easily. He ran through Derek Lewis in under a minute, ran through Ty Tuivasan in less than a minute. And then Curtis Blades, which was one of the biggest, you know, competitors he could have had, someone totally different. He got Curtis Blades down to the ground and pound and, you know, put Curtis Blades out. So in the first round as well. So Aspinall's best bet is to get Sergey to the second and third round and maybe we have a different fight there. But I think Sergey is so dominant right now. He's at the very best. I think this is Sergey's time. And I think Sergey will win the interim. But I think Tom will take this loss win two more fights within the top five ranking. And I, I 100% see in a year from now, or maybe a year and a half from now, Aspinall, Sergey Pavlovich 2, hmm. in one of the biggest cards of all time. And I think that one, I would pick Aspinall to win. But for right now, on the short notice, being the way it is, and Sergey already been training since the beginning, I have Sergey taking this one. This dude's on fucking fire, man. Somebody get the get the hose out. Somebody call the fire department. God damn, Sean, you're fucking killing the game. I couldn't agree with you more. You made me want to change my pick, but I'm not going to do it. Um, I, I think this is really dependent on the situation. And God damn, that was just, that was amazing. I could if, inject that into my veins, ladies and gentlemen. That was great. Uh, it's that time, baby. It's main event time, and I love right after he just came star storming the gates. Uh, I'm throwing right back to him. We've got our main event, Yuri Prohachka, the lone warrior, going up against the man of stone, Alex Pereira. Holy hell. No matter what, whenever I think about this fight, I can't help but smile like a fucking goof because this fight 
this fight is going to be the epitome of once again, if this fight sucks, I owe you five bucks. Uh, request the money right now. Cause I promise this, this fight is going to be fucking bananas, right? Like this fight is going to be either someone's getting murked <laughs> or we've got a, a five round war on our hands. How you feeling about this light heavyweight fight where Yuri Prohoshka looks to reclaim his crown that he never lost in competition against the vengeful Alex Pereira with Glover Teixeira in his corner. You can't write movies this good. Who you got, Sean? Well, I think it's kind of like Rocky Four there, but it's, uh, you know, it's, it is a, <laughs> it is a incredible fight. Um, this is going to be a lot. This, I understand why the odds are the way that they are. Um, man, I don't know. This is, this is probably one of the toughest picks I've ever had to make because when we talked about Pereira in the last fight against Jan, I was not a fan of, of Pereira, you know, coming to light heavyweight and, you know, I didn't believe in his chin and I wasn't a fan of, of, how he would do against Jan. I thought Jan would overwhelm him. And I, I'm a big fan of Pereira. I'm not as big of a fan as all the hype is and, you know, how much they're hyping this card up, which I understand. You know, he's they're not the main event. You got to do that. But Yuri is another one where I'm not 100% sold. I know he's, you know, who he is and, you know, uh, what he does outside the octagon is, you know, an incredible thing to talk about. But, we may be having a completely different conversation here. Glover had that fight against Yuri until the end, until that final, you know, two minutes of the fifth round where, or oh, I think the final minute of the fifth round, if I remember correctly, it was, it was Glover's to win. And then all of a sudden Yuri came and pulled it out of the bag at the last second with that rear naked choke. Like it was like 30 seconds left. You know, that was Glover's to win. It was Glover's to, you know, uh, unify and defend his belt for the first time. And then Yuri came out, and obviously the injury. So this is his first fight back. Pereira's been doing it. He, you know, he got through Jan, even though Jan's gas tank has completely disappeared. I don't know what happened to him. Um, to be honest with you, oh, this is so tough. I I went into today going with Yuri, but I can see a situation where this. Dude, Alex Pereira, just getting inducted into the Glory Hall of Fame, having Glover in your corner, where Glover was twenty-four, winning twenty-four minutes out of the twenty-five, basically, you know, was about to win. I should say. I think Pereira can get it done. I think it's going to be really close, and I can absolutely see a situation where Yuri pulls it off and just absolutely manhandles Pereira here and. Know, shows that he's wanted his belt back for a long time. But I, I don't feel comfortable picking anyone in this one. I almost wish I can pick. But give me, I'm not going to doubt Pereira again, you know, because of how much I doubted him the first time. And I'm going to say it's going to be a very, very close fight. Could might even go to decision. But I'm going to go with Pereira here. Very, very close. Could, might, even. You love it. You love to hear that kind of internal struggle when considering a matchup. 
Um, it's almost on on the same level of I sometimes usually do, right? Just 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 uh, utter utter nonsense coming out of your mouth, but that's how excited you are, um, dude. I listen. I sold you this fight before it even happened, right? I, I was so hype about this fight back in the day. I'm gonna do it again. I think Yuri Prohashka is one of the most interesting characters I've ever followed in MMA. The dude, the dude earlier on in his career specifically, and I think even now still, there is nobody who gives a fuck less than Yuri Prohachka. Like, no matter how, like, everyone talks about artists, right? I'm like, oh, this guy's such an artist. He's done this. This guy is a mixed martial artist, bro. He goes out there and he does what the fuck he wants. And it never makes sense. And most of the time, it gets him fucked up for extended periods of time. Um, but he's going to do what he wants to do out there. Now, that is a problem against a power striker, the level of Alex Pereira. This is really such a hard fight for me to pick. Obviously, I have Alex Pereira already on my di dynasty team. Shout out to Salt Lake. So this one right here... Um, kind of eases the pressure, right, of making a, a pick here. Um, damn, man, this is really hard. Um, just like you, all week and since the fight was announced, um, I've been riding with Pereira. Um, I'm going with Yuri Prohachka here, man. This is a heart pick. This is a I hope your shoulder isn't extremely damaged beyond repair kind of pick. Um, I just think his erratic nature against someone that is such a traditional striker who has shown that maybe they don't have the best punch resistance at this stage of their career after, once again, a Hall of Fame grueling kickboxing career. Both of these guys have taken their fair share of damage, and I won't be surprised if either of them gets sparked out. Um but I hope this is the war that we deserve, right? Like a five-round back and forth. I encourage you to rewatch that Glover Teixeira fight. There's no way that that's a 5-0 scorecard. That, I had it 2-2 going into the fifth, and then he lost the entire fifth and then uh, came back at the end. So that was another added element to how kind of crazy it was for me. encourage everyone to watch that one back. But Yuri Prohashka. Winning 3-1, but I don't think it was 4 nothing at the time. But I did think he was winning 3-1 and on the verge of winning 4-1, but that's just what I think. Hey, I like it. I like it. But I'm going with Yuri Prohachka. This man is uh, insanity personified, and I really do think that uh, what he brings to the table is unlike anything we've ever seen, really, um, as far as being someone that is just truly unique, beats to their own drum, right? Um but also is just devastatingly powerful in the strangest of ways. I mean, whenever I think about this man, there's so many different KOs that play in my mind. Um, but for those of you that aren't familiar with his run outside of the UFC, check out his knockout of young CB Dalloway, a former UFC veteran. The dude hit him with a punch that looked like he was just shot out of a fucking cannon. Very similar almost to the uh, Volkan Ozdemir knockout where you see him get hit and the dude just goes flying and, and it doesn't make sense, right? It doesn't look right. doesn't look normal. Um, but he has that kind of power. Alex Pereira does too. I already said this. Um, clearly 
I'm excited about this because now I'm just saying the same shit all over again. Give me Yuri Prohachka and let's get back into the draft because it's time, Sean. It is that time. It is dynasty time, baby. Man, I'm so pumped for 295. This is going to be an awesome card. Sean, kick us off whenever you're ready with your first overall pick. Now, but while he thinks about this, I think it's important for me to lay out the land. So for this week, we have a historic week in Dynasty where we have five returning competitors on my end of things. Um, Yes, yes, you do. Um, On my end of things, we have... Diego Lopez and Alex Pereira, while you have Lupi Godinez, Benoit Saint-Denis, and Jessica Andrade. So those fighters are removed from consideration. They cannot be drafted. We've got four picks each, Sean. Who is your number one overall pick? Ooh, tough one. Tough one, because no matter what, you get three of the you know, four main event guys. Hmm. Lucky bastard. Um, that is a tough, 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 tough one. Hmm. All right. You got me, got me thinking here. I might be different here. I might be different and I'm going to be different. My first overall pick. I'm taking Tom Aspinall. What? What? It's about the Oh, man. It was right there for me. It was right (laughs) there. Damn. I didn't expect that. That hurt. I know. That really hurt, bro. Wow. That's crazy. I was not ready for that mentally, physically, or spiritually. Damn, that really does change things. Well, I think it's pretty obvious, though. First overall pick, the 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 man with the strange braids. I'm going Yuri Prohachka. Now, this is where things get interesting, right? Where there's so many different options, so many places I can go. Um, damn, you messed me up here, Sean. Sheesh. <laughs> Whew. Yeah, no, I can't justify this. I am going... With Sergey Pavlovich. Yeah. This guy trying to trying to tell himself not to. Yeah, yeah. I almost I almost went uh prospects here, but I think it's just too good of a spot. I think both of these guys at heavyweight should be around for at least another six years. Sean, you're back on the clock, baby. I know. This is this is tough. This is tough. Um I gotta look back and see who I have here. Okay. Okay, so I do have two of the fighters I already I wanted. This is yeah. tough because you got to start thinking and remembering who you have, and and you got me you got me thinking here. Yeah, you you really lucked out having uh, Benoit Saint Denis already. That was a, a great pick by you. Thank you. Proud of myself. <laughs> uh man, this is. I'll take Mackenzie Dern. Wow. Mackenzie Dern. With the fourth overall pick and now the fifth, Sean, you're still on the clock. Thanks, buddy. Um, 
Oh. There's something so condescending about that buddy, man. I don't know. It really <laughs> does hurt every time it comes across. Give me Nazim. Wow. Really? Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Nazim Sadikov with the fifth pick. I like I've got two. I can go back to back here. Damn. This is hard. Why is this so hard? Yeah. Um, this is what leads me to pick Montserrat when you get to yeah. these sort of picks. <laughs> That's a great shout. Um, I'm going with young Steve Urseg at Flyweight. Ooh, good pick. And give me this one might not be on anyone's radar. Fuck, man. Should I do it? Should I do it just for the... Mm. No, this is my last pick. I'm going Mr. Rebecca. Sean, who you got with your final pick? Damn, you took my pick. That's who I was taking. I know, I know. But I already know what the other option is, right? We could go uh, either Rebecca or we go the, the heart eyes pick, you know? The hard eyes pick. <laughs> uh, see, there's there's two options for me here. Would but, you like to discuss them or yeah? No, leave I me. Don't. Okay. I mean, I, you're the only one with the pick, right? You might as Thanks, well. Thanks, buddy. Thanks, buddy. You know what? Hmm. This is a, a win and a loss for me if I do this. It's got me thinking for sure. It's tough. This is a tough week. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's got a big win for you, though, because you get three of the freaking top four fighters in this, uh, in the main and co-main in the bag. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. That, so you, Alex you basically pick. automatically win both. It's looking, can't believe you picked John John Blakovich over Alex Pereira that week. Just saying. I just don't believe him. I didn't believe him Pereira at that, that point. I didn't. I don't think I picked. Did I pick Jan in the? You picked in Jan the, in the matchup and in Dynasty. Yeah. Wow, that was a mistake on my part. <laughs> I was definitely on that Jan Kool Aid for sure. Um. Wow. I could can I cut people <laughs> <laughs> no sorry this is a, a marriage we're here for life brother oh god all right all right all right all right I'm taking too much time here no, uh, you're good you're good take your time brother there's no a rush we can talk about it you know if you want to discuss your dilemma yeah. do you want to discuss Tabitha Ricci is that what oh you really clearly that's that's all I want to do <laughs> yeah that's all I want to do here I think there's other viable options too, though, and I think that's what you're struggling, right? You could go entirely youth. You could go entirely yams. Like, there's a lot of different ways you can you can focus the picks that's, here. That's what I'm. That's what I'm sitting here struggling with. Do I want to go with the clean sweep of Mackenzie Dern and Tabitha Ricci? So it's a 
double win every time they're announcing a card and I know they're on my dynasty. Or I'm going to go with another option. Like Alessandro Costa, like I was thinking about. I think this is going to be a hell of a fight from him. But I also think I could take him too early, and I think I could see him on another card down the road, and I could potentially take him there. Hmm. So that's tough. You know, uh, Pat Sabatini's not a bad option either. That is true. That is a thing that is true. Yeah, that is a thing that is true. Um, God damn. All right, now I'm about to start fucking rushing you. Where's the train at? Run the train back. <laughs> Let's get this man thinking. All right. You know what? Just to have the clean sweep. It's not who I want to go with, but I'm going to do it. Give me give me Tabitha. Wow. What? Yep. Not who you I wanted want. to go with? That's not who I wanted to go with. I will start singing Baby Shark right now, bro. Don't do not but tempt me. It is who I technically wanted to go with, but not yeah, my it's, first. It's, it is who you want for sure. It's who I want, but it's not who I want. <laughs> it's who I want, but not what I want. <laughs> exactly. Okay. So in short, let's do the damn thing. I can't believe you pulled a me from last week. Had me all in that you're picking Sergey Pavlovich, and yes, I get my guy, and then you fucking go Tommy Aspinall with the first overall pick, man. That that hurt me. I'm just letting you know, that really did hurt I me. knew you were going to pick Aspinall, and I, I think Aspinall has a better future. Mm. I think. He's I mean, both of these guys are still champion. young, even though oh, yeah, Sergey no, no looks doubt. like a grown polar bear. Both of these no guys doubt. are still young. But I, I think that... Aspinall is being a little rushed right now, but I think when when it's Sergey versus Aspinall two, oh, and I'm assuming here that John Jones does retire, but man, you know that second fight, which will happen, will be incredible. And that one, I believe Aspinall will take. I just think Aspinall's in for a, a long road. You know, on this first one, such short notice, and with the fact of, like I said, everything before. So, but I think Aspinall future is is so far in the future and so bright. Oh man, I can't wait for for this fight. I can't wait for his career and his future because it's gonna be beautiful. I love it, man. I honestly am stunned. Although I'm mad about your Tommy Aspinall pick, I think this might go down as one of my best weeks in Dynasty, man. To get no, no Yuri, to get Pavlovich, to get Ursig and Rebecca with my fourth pick. Um, I'm really loving this. And honestly, both of our slates for the weekend, like this is going to be a huge fucking card. Like beyond the us being excited to watch these fights, like the fact that we have a total of, what is this, 13? Right, so no, my math is wrong. Twelve, um, dynasty matchups, phenomenal. Right, like doesn't get better than that. This is awesome. Uh, but just to recap, my picks are Yuri. It's gotta Pohatka. be thirteen because I have I have one more than you. She's got to be an odd number. You're, you're missing. Oh, yes. It's Rebecca seven and six. I was right. I doubted yeah. myself. I thought it was seven yeah. and five for whatever reason. I don't know yeah. why. Um, so, yeah, it's late here on in, in the East Coast. God damn it. Uh, sorry. My math wasn't good. But 
The teams are as follows. For this week, we have Yuri Prohachka, Sergey Pavlovich, Steve Ersig, Mateusz Rebecki, and then Diego Lopez and Alex Pereira. While Sean has Tommy Aspinall, Tommy Aspinall, and uh, Mackenzie Dern, Nazim Sadakov, Tabitha Ricci, Lupita Godinez, Benoit Saint Denis, and Jessica Andrade. And just like that, we've got another episode in the books. A historic one, if you ask me. This feels like we are finally hitting our stride, right? Between Dynasty and everything else we have. It's really coming to a head here. And um, I, I think this, this once again, this phenomenal card only continues to have even bigger stakes with what we have going on to make it even more exciting. So hopefully um, I'm looking across my living room at your your shocked face as my dynasty uh, players continue to get big fat dubs. But Sean, before we get out of here, please remind the people where they can find you. Ooh, Twitter at Sean 26 and bsreports.org for Anything in sports related, I do a bunch of articles. I have a bunch of people who do articles and podcasting and stuff like that. If you are ever interested in doing that yourself, give me a shout and I will help you. Yes, sir. You heard the man. Listen up and make sure you check it out. You can find me at Negrong MMA on Twitter as well as TikTok. And you could also find me on Instagram at Chris Negrong underscore. But follow the brand, goddammit, OTS Media Co. and OTS Media on all social media platforms, but OTS Media on YouTube. Um, with all that being said, phenomenal, phenomenal week, phenomenal card. But please, you guys, don't forget, it is always, fuck you, Patty Pimblet. So my question is, he's on 296, right? He's now on 295. Yeah, he's on 296. Yeah, you made me think it was this week for some reason. I wanted to make sure I wasn't missing anything. Hey, you were talking about how I should pick Tony Ferguson before the show. Tony! And hey, that fucking, (laughs) hey, make a grown man cry on the outro. But we'll see you guys next week when I can tell you one thing. I can guarantee you one thing. There will be two new champions, my friend, no matter what. We'll see you then. Peace.